Sunday Golds, Florida State Baseball Podcast, Ario Masuti and Brett Nevitt, and uh, we're going to preview the Boston College Series in this episode, as well as react to the 3-2 loss to the Florida Gators at Florida Ballpark on the road uh, in 10 innings, uh, a heartbreaking game for the Seminoles, who are now 16-13, and 13, and the Noles have lost, I believe it's uh, four of their last five um, so far uh, in the last couple of weeks, so it's not been a a fun stretch if you're a Seminole baseball fan, and that's just the way the game goes sometimes. Brett, um, it feels like at times you're you're on top of the world, and when the Noles were you know pounding the Gators and took all those games from Miami, we, we kind of cautioned. You know, baseball does this. You're never as good as you look for one week, but you're never as bad as you might think you are. And um, I think after you know 29 games, I still feel really good about this Florida State baseball team. Yeah, I think this team's going to be fine. I mean, you have seven one-run losses, um, I think three extra inning losses. Uh, at some point, it evens itself out. Uh, just I, This team just needs a break, in my opinion. Not a break from baseball, but a break to go their way. Just one thing, one big hit, one big um, win, it really gets you going. It's just how baseball works. Um, I, this team just – it feels like this team is – at some points, the pitching's been there. At some points, the hitting's been there. The one week where everything was there, you saw what they could be and what they did against Florida and Miami that one week. Um, so if, if you run into that one week in postseason play, uh, the talent's just – it's it's still there with this team, and um, I'm not too worried. And I think it's the way, you know – It's just frustrating to watch it's it It's the sometimes. way we've lost, too, right? Yeah. Like, I'm thinking back to this four out of five, you know, and uh, – I mean, we can even go back to the North Carolina loss that they had and the Wake Forest, you know, losses. You you look at it and it's like seventh, eighth inning, ninth inning, and the, the no. game's tied, right? Like every single one of these games, uh, maybe the Louisville game, you know, where it was over after seventh inning. But even then, you're holding a lead in the sixth, four to two. It's the way, right? It's like the way these are happening are kind of excruciating. I think that can mentally wear a fan base down that's so – um, energetic and so devoted to this program the way that they are. Um, but I think we need to caution and make sure that in this episode, I read some of your, your tweets and some of the mentions in those. Um, there are some frustrated fans right now. And I think, you know, I don't want to say they don't have a right to be frustrated because there are some glaring deficiencies that Florida State has. I think there are areas that the Knowles have legitimate concerns in. Um, but I think for the vast, overwhelming majority of the things that I see, it's a Florida State baseball team, folks, that I think in the postseason, like I said this on the last episode, if they're your two seed, and I'm not saying Florida State, Florida State might still have a chance to, to host a regional and be a one seed. But if that's the team that you get, that's just not, that's not the team you want in your regional because they have talent, they have a really good pitching staff, and those two things, in my opinion, um, and when I say talent, I mean, you know, in the, in the offensive attack. We've seen with Florida State baseball specifically, folks, that hitting is – it comes and it goes. That's just the game of baseball. This Florida State team, if they continue to pitch the ball the way they do, I just – I believe that there's going to be that weekend where the bats come back to life and, and things go well for the Knolls. I think the only game I felt like Florida State wasn't really in it was game two against Pittsburgh. I mean, I, I can't think of one outside of that. Um, it just seems like Florida State's always going to be in games – uh, if you're in games in the postseason, you give yourself a chance, especially with a good pitching staff. Um, it's just, you know, that defense that, you know, has been better than we kind of expected, I think, going into the season. And, um, I think last night was pretty much uh, a complete outlier. I mean, you're not going to make 
five errors in a game many, many times. Uh, it just kind of unraveled on them. But, yeah, I think all your points are true. Um, and, you know, I think a lot of people think this team is completely under average for a Florida State team. Uh, I know people look at the ACC record and stuff, but it's really not. I mean, Florida State is averaging a 16-13 and 13 record in the last five years. Haven't won a division title since Louisville entered the league. Um, I mean, it's it's not – this team's not far off from the last few years, and I think this team is better than the 2019 team that went to the College World Series. So, Well, yeah, and I think people – you know, when you say what you just said, I think the, the fans that have been following this program a long time, they ask, you know, well, we were promised to be back at the nation's top ten every single year. And I, I would caution patience. I would urge patience there because – Meat is rehauling the roster. Uh, Metcalf and Belly have done a great job. The young, look at the young talent, right? Like I'm, the, I'm the fine. Arms. I'm fine with being a, a top twenty team and being one of the last eight teams playing in the season. Yeah, but I also don't think that FSU's ceiling is top twenty team, right? Like I think in the future you can expect an FSU team battling for national seeds again. Um, that's coming. I, I really believe that, and it's because it's on the backs of that pitching staff that I think is only going to get better and more talented and, and deeper as the uh, Mike Martin Jr. era continues. So it does take time. I think um, there are a lot of people who think that, you know, meets just an extension of 11. Um, and, and maybe in some ways that that's true. Um, but I do think there are some clear differences. And um, once you, like, step back and the emotion kind of goes away and, you know, the, the sting of some of these tough losses kind of resides and, um, you know, kind of drifts off, I think you start to be able to analyt- analytically look at it and say, you know what, there are some differences. And, you know, I actually, I'm calling the one of the games this weekend um, against Boston College, and I just got off the phone a couple hours ago with uh, Coach Gambino at BC, you know, doing my, my prep work for the week. And he thinks there are clear differences between 11 and meet. And so um, he, he said that, you know, he thought you could see what Mike Martin Jr. Um, is trying to do, and, and he feels like Florida State's going to be around for a long time um, because of that. So uh, that's all I would say about that. I know it's a, a bit of a rant, but I just want to to urge caution. And I know some of you roll your eyes and, and go, huh, and this is not the time for this. I'm frustrated. We just lost 3-2 to two, um, on a walk-off in the 10th. And I can assure you, you should have seen Brett and I's faces uh, sitting there. Um, section 115 at Florida Ballpark. We were not happy campers. Um, I think I sat there for five minutes and just stared at the green grass in the outfield. People were trying to talk to me, and I, I kind of tuned them out. <laughs> it's just, you know, we care, y'all. Like, I promise you, we're not sitting here and telling you we don't see the same um, problems. I think last night's de- defense, it was way too reminiscent of my other trips to Florida in the past where I watched guys drop pop-ups, and I watched guys, you know, <laughs> I mean, it looked like bad news bears. There's no other way to put it. Um, Vince was really bad at second. Um, Tyler was really bad at first. Um, Nander had a had a bad error. Robbie dropping a pop fly that can't happen. It's just it was the things. It's the things that I think Knowles fans, whenever they think of FSU in Florida in Gainesville, um, with last year being the the one game that it went really well for Florida State. There, you just start to think of like the worst things that can happen. And last night it, it looked a lot like that. But Brett, I mean, I don't know. I want your thoughts. I thought pitching was fantastic. I thought Carson Montgomery gave you everything he could, and he battled some some really bad defense behind him. Um, and I thought the bullpen came in and, and gave you a nice lift. I mean, d- despite all that stuff, all the bad things you said, I mean, Florida State has five errors. You've gotten one hitter with a hit, with hits. 
Um, you still went to X trainings with a team that was the number one team by far going into the season and is a top 15 team. Um, and their offense is one of the best offenses in the country. And you still went to X trainings with them. I think Florida was 0 for 15 with runners on base. Um, this pitching staff, I just, it, it, I, it's had its up and downs too. The bullpen's had its up and downs. Um, you know, it's another loss for the bullpen, but this team, like the, the bullpen and the whole pitching staff, it's deep. Um, you know, Montgomery, I thought was his best of the season yet. Um, you know, just him being able to pitch out of situations that he got put in from other things and uh, being able to work around the one inning where he had command issues. Outside of that one inning, that was the best command he had the whole season. It seemed to me, for the most part, that he was attacking the zone. Um, there was a lot more emphasis from Belly on using the fastball and um, going right at hitters and not letting hitters dictate the count instead of him dictating the count. Uh, Jack Anderson is is locked in right now. Um, it just seemed like every pitch he threw, Matt Nelson wasn't even moving his glove. It just seemed like paint, paint, paint. I mean, obviously velocity is, is really good, and velocity is the thing that everybody looks at now. But in college baseball, if you locate, it doesn't really matter what you have. And Jack's got good stuff too. But if you can locate your fastball, you're going to make a lot of hitters get themselves out. And I think that's what you see with Jack. And, um, yeah, and I thought, thought Chase was very good. I thought Jonah was – not great, but got outs when he needed to. Um, you know, that's kind of what Jonah does, gets behind and counts sometimes, but has the ability to work from behind with his stuff and, um, you know, the backdoor sliders to righties and stuff like that. Um, you know, overall, it's just a – I mean, I think both of us agree that in early in the game against Milchin that we both thought Florida State had lots of hard-hit balls and that Florida State just couldn't get a ball to drop. Um, I'm trying to think. I know Tyler had a line drive out. Lacey had a hard hit ball. Vince had a couple hard hit balls. Um, Reese and Nelly both looked to just miss a couple baseballs. And then they went to their number two starter, really. I mean, you know, he's, I know he's not their Saturday starter anymore, but Leftwich, when he's in the zone, um, very unhittable. And you saw that. So, I mean, Florida threw all their best cards at you last night, and you still took them to extra innings, even though you played really bad. Leftwich was, yeah, Leftwich is disgusting. I mean, that's a high draft pick. Um, if you want a comparison, I mean, it's a lot like what Florida State was hoping to get out of Carson, you know, weekend guy, that it didn't work out for whatever reason, and Meat made the decision early for Carson, and uh, Sully made the decision later in the year on Mason on uh, Leftwich. I mean, Mason will be back in there now, but um, Leftwich is a Saturday guy, y'all. Like he's and he's he's an older version of Carson, right? Like he's a not senior. I mean, like yeah, yeah. this is not this is not. I mean, I'm, I'm like likening the. The, yeah. the way the the path to what's happened here the for stuff Florida. and the stuff is similar yeah, it's it's like if florida state say parker messick was struggling or something like that um say he was you know i'm just giving you a hypothetical and then parker's asked in the midweek to kind of figure it out and he does <laughs> unfortunate for the midweek team because that's not a tuesday guy throwing um and sully's usually never done that like that's not something sully has always done on the midweek he's never really believed in it um, he's tried to use those for guys like Milchin and some younger guys to get reps. And uh, I think that's a testament to what Florida State did to them the first time these two teams played. I think Sully valued this one over let's get ja- you know get Leftwich some work on the weekend um, and, and hold him for there. Because, you know, the SEC is very good. <laughs> they need these pitchers. But Leftwich was fantastic. He threw basically no no hitter for four innings. Had one walk, seven strikeouts. Um, the batting lineup, 
yeah, just missed a couple of things early. Um, I'm not liking, though, that it feels like if things don't go Florida State's way early with this lineup, they can be shut down for multiple innings at a time. I mean, long stretches of... Well, I think that has to do with just this team is built around, you know, the big inning and that, that home run. When you don't get the home run, um, this team's going to struggle. But <coughs> there's just a lot of options for that home run where I feel like it's kind of an outlier game. And the fact you were still in there, I mean, it takes takes one one swing to win this game. And I think you're usually pretty confident that you'll get that one swing from an... Um, a Nelson, a Cabell, a Ravi, someone in there is going to do something for you. But, um, you know, this game, like a lot of other, these other games, doesn't go to extra innings. Florida State doesn't make errors. So, yeah, no, I agree with you. And um, that's tough. Carson was good. As we mentioned, Carson looked about as good as he has all year. He has all year, as you mentioned too, Brett. And um, Jack, wow, you, you touched on it. But the key is – I mean, the key is get ahead, right? Like, if in college baseball, if you get ahead of hitters, um, it doesn't really matter how good or bad your secondary stuff is because now you've, you're, you've got the batter guessing, um, and that's, like, half the battle. So, um, yeah, I mean, you can't really argue with only giving up, what, three runs and four hits in ten innings? One earned run. One earned run. Um, the offense, I'm still worried about that offense a little bit. I just think – I don't know. I just think like outside of those few guys that can do some damage with the bats, you just my, you my have consistency issues there. My thing with the offense is, you know, I know it hasn't been there with Reese. Um, Tyler is really struggling right now. Tyler's in a big rut. Um, both those guys don't get a hit yesterday. Um, other thing is, there's not going to be many games where you get nothing from Lacey and Nelson, and um, I just feel like Reese Albert and Tyler Martin are are too good to struggle like this much longer. Um, I know Reese started slow, felt like he was starting to figure it out a bit, and then has that concussion, then I feel like that set him back again. It just – I genuinely feel bad for Reese Albert right now. I, like um, – you know, if he had never played through that shoulder injury, you wonder what he would have been. But um, him and Tyler, I just feel like they're too good to struggle like this for much longer. And at some point, there's going to be some consistency coming back to this lineup and – I think like you mentioned in the last episode, just, you know, you're not going to be remembered for what you did in the first half or even in the regular season if you do stuff later in the season in the postseason. So if Florida State can just get those guys going, I think you'll see a lot more consistency in this lineup. And then the other thing is I think last night you saw why Jackson Green has still been in the lineup so much. And just Jackson Green I don't think has made an error all year, and it's complete stability. And every time the ball's hit to second base when he's out there, it's just a, it's sort of a calmness and an ease – um, he hasn't given you really anything at the plate, but sometimes you just have to value that defense and hope that you get the beginnings and the the pitching from your deep from your from your staff, and um, you know you'll take a hole in the lineup there. But I mean, I think you'll see Green moving forward there, sort of. Yeah, because I think Meat's going to start valuing pitching and defense um, to try and win some of these games. Because yeah, you're right; he's a vacuum, he's a glove that doesn't make mistakes. And the double play he helped turn that ball was hit hard. Um, that he was a part of on the double play. And he's doing a great job there in the, in the field. And um, who knows, you know, maybe the, the defense coupled with a weekend where Jackson Green sees the ball well and for whatever reason he, he finishes a weekend last four night, for eight or something. Last night was just a weird night, man. Like, Logan Lacey's been great defensively all night, all season at third base. And he throws a ball about 40 feet over the first baseman's head. I mean, it hit 
like all the way up the netting. I mean, I think Javi Baez did that a couple of days before Javi Baez is called the magician. So, I mean, that stuff, that stuff happens. Um, you know, Vince lets one get right under his glove. They have a double play ball that's, uh, you know, a spike throw and it ball gets kicked by the runner, I think. Um, it was just a weird night defensively. I mean, Robbie, Robbie on his pop, drop pop-up did a good job of coming in and getting to it and calling off the infielders. And then it's just, I mean, I looked down. I thought he caught it. I looked down and then it popped out. The ball was on the ground. I was just like, what just happened? I mean, it was just a weird night defensively. To me, it's an outlier. Yeah, I was surprised they were still in the game. I don't think Florida State's strength is defense, and it's a question, but I don't. those nights aren't going to happen very often. I agree with you. I, I really was surprised FSU was still in the game there. Like, I mean, the fact that we were 2-2 in, like, the eighth, I was telling you that at the park. I was like, how how is this game close? Like, most nights that you have more errors than hits or runs, like, it's going to end in a disastrous performance. Like, that, that game could have been 8-9, 10-2 um, in Florida's favor and give the staff credit. The pitching staff really bailed out um, a numerous number of occasions and – um, situations and things like that. So um, I know you and I still had a good time um, being able to drive there and, and watch that game. Um, it was nice talking to some parents and, and getting to know a few more of the players' parents. And um, those are the backbones, you know, of the program. They sacrifice a lot and, and come around and watch their kids play all over the state. Um, I'm sure, you know, the guys are appreciative of that. And um, I don't know. I wanted to hear your thoughts on the park um, before we move on. Uh, I thought it was a nice park. Um, I didn't think it was incredible. But, yeah, I'll, I'll go deeper in. I'll let you go first, though. I, th- I think it's an enjoyable place to watch a baseball game, and um, I would definitely enjoy watching games there, especially if there wasn't any blue and orange on it. But um, to me, it's sort of just like um, an MLB spring training park where it's meant to be, like, an easy place for people to watch games. You can see it. I mean, every place in the park is a good view. Um, you know, there's good concessions and stuff like that. Um, but to me, it's it's not like – it's not like extravagant. It's not like a top ball, not top college baseball park in the nation. And I don't think it's ever going to be a top college environment. Um, it doesn't really feel like you're watching a college baseball game there. Um, kind of just feels like you're at a spring training game. Um, I'd be, I'd be interested to see what it's like there in postseason play and regionals and super regionals. But, um, yeah, I mean, I enjoyed watching a game there for sure. And I like being, I like the, the low field level being able to, to be, I mean, a lot of college parks have that upper raised stands like Florida state has. Um, I thought it's cool that they have a second deck sort of, um, yeah, it's definitely a nice park, but I mean, I think that they could have done some more unique things with it. Yeah. You know, for me, um, whenever you make a new ballpark, Brett, it's like, I guess maybe it's just the way we've been conditioned to think maybe it's football or basketball arenas and football stadiums and, um, MLB parks or whatever, right? Like, the next park is supposed to be, like, revolutionary. It's supposed to reinvent the wheel. You're supposed to kind of set a standard for everyone else to catch up to with the next stadium. And Florida didn't do that. Like, this was your chance at a new ballpark. Uh, McKeithen was a dump, so anything's better than that. But this was your chance at a new ballpark, and I, I just feel like it was okay. Like, it was nice. But, like, if I walk in there, though, Brett, and all I say is nice, it's nice. You just walk in and say nice. Nice. It was nice. It's like going on a date and girl comes back. How was it? It was, it was nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, that, that, didn't, that didn't get anybody excited for anything. So, like, um, I don't know. Like, 
I was underwhelmed. I think that's the best word. Like I, I was hoping it was going to be beautiful and, and spectacular and, and the images I was underwhelmed by. So then I thought maybe seeing it in person. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a good place to watch baseball, but it didn't reinvent the wheel. And no one's going to sit there and go, that's one of the top five ballparks in the country. Kind of looks like a Publix from the outside, like when you're walking in. <laughs> it kind of does. I mean, there are some nice features, and I think you just mentioned all of them. Um, and I think you and I both agreed, like, we have a tough time seeing, like, an intense super regional atmosphere at that ballpark. I'll say I like berms a lot, and, like, I like the fact they have berms there, but, like... But that's not college baseball. Yeah, it really it just is, like, a spring training park. Like, that's... College sports is intense, yeah. and it's supposed to be intimate, and it's supposed to be on top of you. And when fans are there, it's supposed to make a difference, you know? I, never I just felt don't like get it that got, feeling. And I know it's like 50%, but I never felt like it got very loud there last night. I never felt like... Like, if I was a player, I don't feel like I'd be intimidated playing there, like a way player. Yeah, you know, I mean, there were some cool things. If you've been to Omaha, being able to walk around, um, you know, in the, uh, the concessions area and see the field at all times, that was kind of cool, and it was reminiscent of TD Ameritrade. Um, the suites are cool, all that stuff. The berms are really cool. The scoreboard, uh, Florida State scoreboard's better now than what Florida. Their put scoreboard together. is like in the stratosphere. It's high up there, and the, I think they try to do that like after Omaha. Mm-hmm. With, but Omaha has TD Multiple. Ameritrade has um, stands like that. They need they, that has to be that high. This ba- basically didn't. I don't know. It was just a weird feel. It was spring training. You nailed it. And I don't know if spring training is what you want a college baseball stadium to be like. Like that's not that's not what you're going for. Um, that's like a Tuesday you meet up with Florida State in the middle of the state somewhere and you play one game at a park and go home. Not, not a, hey, here's three games against UGA or here's a Super Regional for Omaha. Like to me, it kind of felt like that neutral site game in Jacksonville. Yeah, I don't think FSU was intimidated at, at any point. And so you know what? That's on Florida. They're going to have to figure out some things, I think, to make that a more intimate environment and maybe more, you know, a raucous and more intimidating. I don't think anyone's going to be intimidated walking in there. But, all right, well, 3-2, Florida State loses. Um, what was the guy's name who hit the home run? Kalilau? Kalilau. Kendrick Kalilau. Yeah. Um, Two outs, 1-0 pitch, change up, up in the zone. Clayton's been so good for us, too. I mean, I had full confidence that he was getting out of the inning. So, I, I, that was tough. I didn't fully understand that move to go to Clayton there. Um, I mean, you had one lefty to start the inning, and then you had three straight right-handed hitters and a, and a switch hitter that's better from the right side than the left. And you had Davis hair warming up. Um, I don't really know what they were, I guess, just waiting for somebody to get on base or getting in a jam to bring in your, your guy. But, um, I mean, yeah, Clayton has been so good for them this year that it's hard to really question it. But if you're going to play matchups, play matchups. If you're not going to play matchups, don't play matchups. They've got to find some sort of consistency with the management of the bullpen, I think. And um, that's kind of in their way a bit right now, I think. And them still trying to figure out how exactly they want to use everybody. Yeah. And again, folks, it's midweek after you beat Florida. We tried not to make too big of a deal out of it. Um, we try to tell you, you know, it's a midweek game. It's fun because it was Florida and it, it means extra. Um, and just like, you know, for the Gators, that's fun because they beat Florida State. But everyone only really judges your weekends. Um, that's that's the, the cream of the crop, right? That's where you make your money, so to speak. And now Florida State gets to play Boston College. So, Brett, let's talk about Boston College. Um like I said, I talked to Coach Gambino earlier today. He is a really cool guy. He is a Boston guy through and through, from the accent to the mannerisms to the jokes. I mean, that's that's a guy who's uh, been around the block. I think he coached at Virginia Tech before he went to Boston College. Um, Coach Gambino is a good dude, um, and, he, and you can see Boston College plays like his personality. They are a fiery team. They have struggled a little bit 
um, in the last couple of weeks, they were one of like the darlings of college baseball. It felt like in the first month or two, especially when they went to Auburn on like a, a quick notice trip and they beat them two out of three uh, on the road. People really like Boston College, but lately they have not been great. Um, their overall record is 14 and 16, 4 and 14 in the ACC. They have played 17 road games, as most Northern teams do. They have more road games than home games. And they're 9 and 8 on the road, which is actually a decent number um, for a team to have above 500 on the road. So, um, this is a Boston College team that is going to come in. Uh, they've got some top prospects, prospects up, Brett, and. Um, yeah, you want to touch on some of those guys before we get uh, deeper into the matchups? Yeah, so they've got – I think Boston College has got some real top-end talent, but just there's just not much depth here, and their pitching is really struggling. I mean, they've um, – basically their their best ERA is a 4.05. Um, basically every single reliever has got at least a 5 ERA. Um, yeah, but like you said, they've definitely got those prospects. Uh, you know, Sal Frelick is – their guy, probably the top outfielder in the country, could be a top 10 pick. Um, expected to definitely be a first rounder. Um, Cody, Cody Morris set another left handed hitter from, for them, is, is also expected to be um, a first rounder, maybe second rounder. Um, hasn't had a great season so far, but has a true hit tool. Um, you know, it'll be, I mean, both those guys, they all, they brought in all three of these guys, uh, Frelick, Morris, Set, and, and Pelio in the same class. And, um, you know, Pelio's their Friday guy, hard right-handed thrower, but has struggled with his command this year. But, you know, we saw, I think it was 2019, that he shut down Florida State on a Sunday as a freshman. Um, so he's really got the stuff. Um, this BC team is a talented team. Um, you, you've got to take advantage of their bullpen. And if you don't, you could be in trouble. Um, Florida State's going to have to score some runs this weekend. Uh, probably, I mean, Florida State's pitching staff can shut down anybody, but you'd really like to see Florida State get it going with the bats against this against this pitching staff, I think. I agree. Um, BC's been swept by Louisville. They have been swept by Clemson, and they have been swept by NC State. Um, so you got swept three times. I mean, Florida State needs to – I mean, there's no way Florida State can lose this series, period. You have to win two. I mean, that's, that's a must. Um, anything other than that is a major disappointment. But a sweep's on the table, Brett. Like, I think it really is. You're going to pitch well, I hope. I, I really have confidence in, in Parker on Fridays, as we do every week. Um, shout out to him, by the way. Um, Golden Spikes Award, I think, mid-season watch list. Don't get me started on this watch list, man. I Congrats to Parker. Whoever, needs, whoever, <laughs> whoever made this list needs to be put in handcuffs by the end of the day. Matthew Nelson is not on the midseason award watch list for the top 45 players in the country. Um, I believe that disqualifies him from being Golden Spikes winner of the year. Um, in their press release, it says that it's determined by how you play in the first half of the season. Well, that is BS, man. Like, that is absolutely ridiculous. Matt Nelson leads the ACC in RBIs and homers. Um, there are six position players from the ACC on the list, and there are three catchers on the list from the ACC, and Matthew Nelson's not one of them. Um, you know, they said in their release, it says that the list is headlined by Adrian Del Castillo, Miami's catcher, and Kumar Rocker. Well, Adrian Del Castillo 
has Matt Nelson beat in one category. That's batting average, and it's by point zero zero one. Um, he has three homers and 23 RBIs. Matthew Nelson has 13 homers and 39 RBIs. He is thrown out 27% of runners. Uh, Matthew Nelson's thrown out 39%. He has a 907 OPS and 1.2, and Matt Nelson has a 1.218 OPS. Um, whoever made this list doesn't, I have no words. I, I don't know what to say. That's, I try not to say anything extremely mean. But you got it wrong. I, I, you just got it wrong. It's bad. To me, congrats like, to Parker. But yeah, everything else lazy. on the list is bad. I think it's just lazy. It's like get, taking it's, guys that were already on the list, and it's ridiculous. Maybe I like cannot, half. I, I, I just cannot even understand. Yeah. It is a complete crime. It's a complete crime. I mean, Matthew Nelson has been a top three catcher in the country this year, and yeah. Adrian Del Castillo does not deserve to be on this list. But he highlights it, man. Yeah, that's that. ridiculous, and it's it's tough. I had a feeling you were going there with it uh, as soon as I said, "Congrats, Parker." I'm um, sorry for the rant. I just no, can't. I mean, I, I think just, it's it's very valid. I wanted to. I was going to bring this up at the end anyway, but oh, man, it makes no sense. Right, it's tough. Um, but yeah, you've Friday got players night. on here. Okay, sorry, but that's you've okay. got players Go on it. here from. Um, I mean, so where? What even are? I mean, you got a player from Lehigh. You've got a player from. I mean. You've got high school. Why are high school players on here? Like, what? What is going on, man? Help. I'm, I'm confused. How is Matt I, I Nelson? I think it's just not lazily put together, man. Like, I don't think there's a whole lot of system to it, if that makes sense. I think they just kind of. Tommy Mace is on here. Tommy Mace lost his starting job at Florida and is on this list. Give me a break. Okay, I'm done. No, you nail it. I think it's, it's just. Again, I'm not sure how much thought is put into this, you know, when they're cutting it down. I think, you know, there's probably like five or ten guys that are actually serious about winning it, and then uh, they just kind of put people together um, and make a list. But, all right, so Friday night, uh, Messick, um, we talked about Paleo a little bit, uh, high-end talent, has struggled this year, um, has shut Florida State down in his career at some point, you know, a couple times actually. I think he's pitched against them twice, or maybe it's just once, but he did shut them down. Um, it's a BC team that's lost a lot of close games, though. Like, that's what worries me is some of these sweeps and these series losses, they're losing games by just one run, and they've been heartbreakers. And um, Coach Gambino is very confident in this group. Like, they, they really believe that, you know, they're going to put things together, and um, they believe that they can compete for Omaha at some point. But I don't know. if they, they have to make postseason first, and then if they do that, I think, you know, that's a dangerous team in a regional because of the talent, right, and, and was, what they can do. but I think it was two year, or three years ago that they went to Super Regional. Mm-hmm. I think Dunn was the Friday guy they had that ended up being a first or second rounder. Miami, I think, beat them two out of three. I believe so. I yeah, believe it was, you're right. It was two out of three with Miami. Um, yeah, no, it's a, it's, a good, it's a good program that has spent a lot of money on facilities. They are starting to get the talent. They have new ballpark, um, you know, new complex for baseball. And I think Gambino's a really good coach. Like, he has a track record, and I really like his, his style. But, yeah, Florida State's the, the, the heavy favorite here. Um, Saturday, I think they're going to go with, if I get this, if I get this name right. Let's see. You call him Saturday? No, I got Sunday. Okay. Uh, Emmett Sheehan or Sheehan. One of those two. For... 66 ERA, 46 innings. He's got really good stuff. 59 strikeouts. Batters hitting just 224. Doesn't walk a ton of batters. Not a big problem for him, but he has been hittable um, at times. 
And he's going to be he's going to be tough for Florida State. You're going to need Hubbard if that's who FSU goes with to kind of give you a little bit more consistency that he has. Um, I am interested to see how he he pitches this weekend against this lineup. Yeah, I mean um, Hubbard. I just, moving forward, I think you're definitely on some watch there to see what he does with how some of these other pitchers are throwing now. Um, you know, Anderson and and Montgomery definitely have some cases to be shifted in there um this is a weekend for Bryce to kind of make a statement I think and um you know stay in there heading into Georgia Tech uh you know Sheehan I believe is a right-handed pitcher 90-94 um has really been their best pitcher of late and has helped them um sort of stay afloat on Saturdays and give them chances um you know Pelio struggled like we said with some command issues and um, you know ERA is really up there but anytime he steps in the mound he can shut a team down I mean 93, 95 with the fastball lives there. Was reportedly up to triple digits earlier in the year. So, um, you know, that's real power stuff with a good changeup. Um, yeah, I mean, I, Florida, I mean, BC's best two hitters are both going to be lefties. So, I think you'll still see Hubbard in there, and I'll be interested to see if if Mexican um, Hubbard can take advantage of that and really um, use their off speed to. Um, get those guys off balance and um, out of their out of their normal thing, out of their normal uh, way of hitting. Yeah, me too. Um, the the Sheehan kid has been really good for them since about mid March. North Carolina, seven innings, one earned run, eight strikeouts against Clemson, six and two thirds, three earned runs, seven strikeouts, just one walk. Virginia Tech, six and a third, um, one earned run, twelve strikeouts to one walk, and then last week against NC State, six and a third. Um, five hits, four runs, um, four walks, six strikeouts. So not his best line, but he battled, it looks like. He kept them, you know, in the game into the seventh. So he has been really good for Boston College. I think he they might have the, the matchup edge there on the mound if it is Hubbard versus Sheehan, um, unless Bryce comes back and starts throwing like we've seen him before. Um, because, you know, if you get Messick and Hubbard pitching the way that they were at one point this year at the same time, yeah, you have a dynamic one-two punch. So... A lot to be seen. I think Saturday is probably Boston College's best chance of a victory, in my opinion. Um, but we'll see. I think, you know, then we move on to Sunday, and um, that's the game I think I've got. And it'll be Alex Stiegler against Connor Grady. Uh, Stiegler has also been really good for Boston College the last couple of weeks. Six and a third against Virginia Tech. Three earned runs. Um, North Carolina State, seven and two thirds. Three earned runs. 11 strikeouts, no walks. So he's coming off arguably his best performance of the year against a really good NC State lineup. So um, I think Coach you know, Gambino said Stiegler's a pitchability guy, but he really attacks the zone, and he can throw any of his three or four pitches for strikes um, at any count. So that's going to be tough for Florida State. We'll see. Connor Grady has been rock solid for you on Sundays. You can always, I think, expect at least five, maybe six, that are you know, going to keep you in the ballgame towards the, the back half of the back nine innings, um, back of the nine innings, I should say, the last third. And, yeah, you know, I think you got to beat Boston College three times. Like, I really feel like this is your best chance at a sweep for the rest of the year, not named Troy. I don't, I don't think you have to. Um, you know, it's always tough to beat a team three times in three days. But, um, you know, it's definitely there for the taking, I think. Um but you know, I don't think I don't think it will be a bad thing if you win two out of three. I just think you can't lose a series. Would be my one thing for this weekend. Yeah. So 
Yeah, Boston College. Keep an eye on Frelick. That's a that's a big time player. That's a top twenty five guy. Most people expect him to be drafted um, easily in the first round, maybe even top fifteen. Three sixty batting average, five home runs, more than enough pop to put it over the screen and right. He can steal some bases. He's great defensively. More walks and strikeouts. It's it's the whole package. Sal Frelick's special. So uh, if you like college baseball, you're going to see a, a really good one in center field for them. Uh, number 11, Sal Frelick. Uh, Luke Gold uh, has been really good for them too. He's a high draft pick next year when he's eligible. 325, batting average, eight home runs, 33 RBIs, 12 doubles. Um, he can run a little bit, in two for two. They don't strike out a lot, some of these, these top guys on the team. And um, Luke Gold had a huge weekend at Auburn, I remember. Uh, early on this season. He had like four home runs, I think, in that weekend. And um, he's got some pop. Florida State's got to be careful. Uh, Dante Baldelli. They've got a few older guys in this team, Yeah, Baldelli's like your Haney, um, but on offense. He's been around uh, a minute, 308, batting average, and uh, good good on-base percentage. This Boston College team does get on base, uh, 359. That's a solid, it's a solid offense that hits 268 as a team. And then you got, you know, Vince... Uh, Semini, I believe. Uh, that's another guy that can that can put some put the bat on the ball. And then uh, you know the one guy that hasn't been playing as well, but the talent is ridiculous. He's probably a top fifty, top seventy five draft pick, um, and could have been higher if the season had gone better. Uh, Cody Morissette, two sixty four. He's a big guy, three home runs, sixteen RBIs, and just like we we cautioned with Wake Forest, there's a couple of guys that have track records, and you know you don't want this to be the weekend they figure it out the way that Lanzilli and Seymour figured it out against Florida State. So Morissette, keep an eye on him. I think those are the names that you really want to look at. Um, Jack Cunningham and Brian Dempsey are also guys that have played well for them this year. So it's a good lineup. Florida State's going to have to pitch well uh, against this lineup that has a, a decent mix of, of power, um, some speed, and um, they're going to be scrappy. They're going to they're gonna put the ball in play, and they're going to try and um, put some pressure on you as well. So I'm looking forward to seeing how Florida State does. Yeah, I really hope that those two guys don't – I mean, that Morissette doesn't come alive like Seymour and them did. Um, I think he had a three-hit game against Florida State in 2019, had a hit in, in every game of the series. Um, somebody, I mean, they won that last series against Florida State, I believe, two to three. They won that rubber match pretty easily. Um, you know, I like you. I, like you. I, I, I really like Gambino as a coach. I think that program's – headed in the right direction. They got really nice facilities now. Um, you know, their facilities, when I first saw them, I was like, how the heck did BC end up with these, um, you know, brand new ballpark? I'd like to get up there at some point and see that. Um, you know, gold, like you said, could give the, give you that power and um, drive a couple balls out. Um, Frelick uh, with that fence in right field, is it's, it's not a great thing to think about. Uh, that kid is – Frelick is really good, does everything you could ask for. Runs the base as well, hits for power, um, you know, doubles, um, puts the ball in the bat a lot, more free passes than than strikeouts. Um, just a really good player all around. And like you said, and like we mentioned a couple times, you're going to hear that kid's name early in the draft. He's going to make a lot of money this year. But uh, I'm trying to find what he did against Florida State. Looks like he was, um, you know, had a two-for-five game, had a, had a two-for-six game um, in another 0-for-5 game. But – uh, you know, between those three guys, that's some top-end talent right there. And if, if they get enough from some other guys, from some role players, they'll have a chance to win some games. But 
Yeah, their bullpen is just rough. It is not fun to look. I mean, they've got two guys who have thrown 13-plus innings and have 10.8 ERAs. I believe one of them is their closer, Max Geeg. Um, I saw him trying to close a game with Virginia Tech and blew a three-run lead. Um, you know, I think Joey Walsh, a big left-handed kid, will um, be their top arm out of the bullpen probably in those um, – you know, closer, but also a multi-inning guy. He's thrown 27 innings already this year and 5-2 ERA. Um, yeah, none of these ERAs are pretty at all. Florida State's got a hit this weekend. I think Florida State's a heavy favorite. I mean, it's – I don't think there's any other way to put it. That's why I think a sweep – this is like one of your best chances of one for the rest of the season. I would really like to see it. Um, yeah, two of three is a must. I think it's a disaster if you don't win two of three. This would Probably. be this would be one of your worst ACC losses of the year, uh, series losses I should say. <laughs> so, gotta have it. Um, yeah, um, you want keys to the weekend? I think mine is just get to that bullpen for Boston College. Yeah. Please don't give them free outs with with bad mm-hmm. defense. And um, I think you got timely hitting. You got to match up with Frelick all weekend, I think, and not give him chances to do things. Um, there's enough room for error in this lineup that you can sort of work around him and. Um, you know, if you keep Morissette down and don't give him chances to be the player that he could be, I think you'll be fine this weekend. And like you said, don't give him free outs. I mean, that's always the key, really, with this team. Get a Reese Albert going. Get Tyler Martin back going. This is the weekend for some guys to see the baseball well and, you know, get a heart, hot streak started and, you know, set yourself up for the rest of the season. Would love to see Reese break out this weekend. Love it. I mean, seriously. Um Tyler Martin, if he could get it going again. And Tyler, to me, is like one of those kids that I feel like once he sees the ball kind of go through the infield or, you know, get a couple of base hits, it finds grass, like he will be back on a hot streak. Would would you make any changes to the lineup or are you like what, what you got? I'm not changing it yet. Not yet. Because Saturday at Louisville, it was fine. You hit, I thought, I thought, you know, Sunday you put pressure on Louisville um, until the seventh inning. Where they, I thought the game just kind of ended and I think the, the men – the brains of all the guys was just kind of like, you know, the mentality was, well, this is over. And it was. I'm not blaming them. That game was done after the end of the seventh. But I'm not changing it yet. I would understand if, you know, they made a couple here and there. If Jackson Green's inserted for Vince um, for defensive purposes, I don't know that you can sit Reese. I think you still need him in center field. And I don't really know what your other options are in, in terms of putting it in, putting anyone in center. Um, I think you just kind of trust the guy who's played over, you know, how many ever games he's played in his career to just kind of figure it out. But, yeah, I would understand, Brett. I would understand if there were changes made because there have been some frustrating moments in the last couple of games for this lineup. My only thought is just kind of maneuvering with Elijah a bit. Um, You know, I feel like he could move up a bit or just play somewhere else well. I know they like like the lefty-righty, lefty-righty a lot, and that's why they have – um, Quill hitting fifth and Reese hitting seventh. And, um, yeah, I don't know what I would really do. I think they're, I think just a little bit of a shuffle would, would do some guys some good and just have what, some guys the, see some. What's the move? I mean, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. It's just, it's tough, but I just think that, well, I don't know. It's tough. I think you roll with it one more weekend. See what you got. You're still ab- above 500 in the ACC. Obviously, if you lose this series, then we've got a lot of things to talk about next week because that would not be good. We'd be uh, having some question marks that need an alarming podcast. But Mm -hmm. until then, you know, 
Uh, Knowles and Boston College, I want to say it's 6 o'clock, 2 o'clock, 1 o'clock. Could be wrong. Nope, I'm right. 6 o'clock, 2 o'clock, 1 o'clock. I better know Sunday's time. <laughs> I get there on time. <laughs> but, yeah, at Hauser, come on out. You know, root for the Knowles and um, let's hope for two out of three. I know it's been kind of a somber podcast, but that's because Brett and I are still in kind of a bad mood from losing um, to Florida. That's not that's not fun in extras. The way it happened, just that's crushing. So um, we'll regroup. I'm sure this team will too. And uh, we'll talk to you uh, on the other side. Uh, we will try and have a podcast out to you early next week. We do appreciate your listenership. And um, if you could, please leave us a review on Apple Pods. Hoping to have more guests next week. Yeah, we're supposed to have some guests, some good ones lined up. So um, that's something I know you guys enjoy. We'll try and get some of these former players and, and current players and maybe some, some guys in the media to join us and, and talk and, and give you a little bit more um, variety on this podcast. But Apple Pods, Google Pods, Spotify, please do leave us five stars if you like this podcast and um, leave us a review. Let us know um, what we could do better too. If, if you can, email us and uh, hope to talk to you next week.